When it comes to online reviews, there are the usual suspects. The person who yells at you through their keyboard. The guy who gives you one star because he got a parking ticket outside your office. Oh, and of course, the lady who wasn't 100% satisfied with the paint color on your walls. The world of online reviews isn't always fair. And chances are, if you're not actively asking customers to review your business, you're probably going to get more bad than good. That's why there's Podium. Podium has helped thousands of businesses use text messaging to collect hundreds of customer reviews on the sites that matter most. The best part is it's super easy. It takes 30 seconds or less for your customer to leave a review on their phone, which is proven to get you a lot more reviews. To see a free demo and learn how Podium can help your business's online reputation, visit podium.com slash podcast or call 1-833-276-3486 today. Mention this ad for additional savings. Welcome to the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast, where we don't take from insurance companies. Here are your hosts, Mr. Jordan Comstock and Mr. Ben Tuineg. This podcast is sponsored by BoomCloud Dental Membership Software, www.boomcloudapps.com, and Veritas Dental Resources, www.veritasdentalresources.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Navigating Dental Insurance Podcast. I am your co-host today, Jordan Comstock. I got Ben on the line. Ben, what's up, dude? What's up, Jordan? Matt, I feel like I've been absent from this podcast for the last several months. You know, right. one, doing one here and there with me on it, but uh, thanks for holding on the fort totally, while dude. I've been out. I've, you just, know? I've just told people that you've been sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's probably, that's probably close to the truth, except for when I'm traveling. You know, when I travel these days, I don't know what the problem is, is that when I get to the hotel room, you think that with the peace and quiet, you're going to go to bed. Um, but lately for the last year, I have not been sleeping in when really? I'm on the road. I don't know what the problem is, but huh. I don't think I have extreme anxiety. Like when I, when I go to bed and, and I don't have sleep apnea, you know, I, yeah. I, 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 I got a sleep device just because, but when I sleep without it and when I'm, when I'm at home, I'm just fine. You know, I have perfect energy and get full seven hours and eight hours and I'm fine. But maybe a listener can can uh, help me diagnose my issue. I should probably go to see a sleep doctor, but I sleep fine at home. But when I'm in the hotel, I can't sleep. I don't know if you have that same problem or not, but it's frustrating. I, uh, so no, I sleep well wherever I go. I, lucky I, yeah, you. I can sleep anywhere. It's good. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we got an awesome guest. I think he's been on our show three or four times. Um, we got Dr. Christopher Phelps. Dr. Phelps, man, how you doing? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. Just uh, starting to enjoy the uh, warmer weather here in Utah. <laughs> uh, you know, Dr. Phelps nice. is all over the country, too. You know, do you have uh, that problem that I have? Do you sleep well you know, when, when you're you on know the road? Yeah, I was going to say, I think I could diagnose your problem. <laughs> yeah? Because uh, oh, I, I, I... It's called working too much. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, too, have noticed the same exact thing that you just said. Um because I have been on the road as well, speaking you know almost every weekend somewhere and yeah. in all kinds of hotels. And I have found usually I'm the kind of guy, I'll go, go, go all day. And as soon as my head hits the pillow, I am out like a light, right? I don't have trouble sleeping. But lately in these hotels, I can't sleep. I don't sleep 
as well, or I'm up a thousand times during the night. Yeah. And for me, what I've kind of relegated it to, I think it's the damn pillows. Have you <laughs> noticed this? You know what? I think you're right. Because, you know, the, the, well, the pillows at the hotel are smaller than the pillows that I have at home. And in fact, it's taken years to find the right pillow, even at home. Um, but mm-hmm. I have never yeah. thought about that. So, so do you take a pillow with you when you travel? Uh, well, it's, I'm torn because I don't like to check a bag. So, but the only way I'm getting my pillow in is if I check a bag, you know? Uh, yeah. So I usually just leave it at home and, uh, but I suffer. And I, I think the, 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 the hotels have gone this trend of getting away from firm pillows, which I realize I need for neck support. And they give you these fluffy things and your head just damn disappears into the pillow as soon as you lay down and you're, it's like you're in a weird neck position and it's just not comfortable. Hmm. Um, I- I am thinking about last Thursday night. I was in Long Beach, and I I can remember moving around at least a hundred times trying to situate that pillow to the right position. Yep. I think you're right. You know, I'm gonna. I I'm like you. I don't like to check bags, but um, I have a, a trip coming up next week. I'm gonna I'm gonna check a bag. I'm going to San Francisco and see if I can. I'll report back to everybody to see if this <laughs> this yeah. technique works. Yeah. But I I I think you're right. Hey. You know. I was, yeah. I, uh, I was, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Ben. I was close to going to my uh, physician and asking for some some sleep medicine or some anti anxiety, but I thought about it. I was like, you know, I don't I don't stew. You know, I, I I rest peacefully. I don't when I'm in bed and I can't sleep. I don't think about problems. I don't think about issues or I don't. You know, my mind doesn't race. All my mind wants to do is sleep, and I can't do it. So yep. I think I think the pillow thing is a great suggestion. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a try. Dudes, I don't, I don't even sleep with a pillow. I hate pillows. <laughs> yeah, I, I can go to any. I think that's why I can sleep nice in a hotel. Right? I just throw the pillow on my head over my eyes, and uh, I'm good to go, man. <laughs> you're very lucky, Jordan. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I think you're eventually going to run into the same problem because the more and more I talk to people that are in hotels, the same thing they say is like, man, I just, it's just getting tougher and tougher and tougher to fall asleep. And then when you get up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, you know, it's two or three o'clock in the morning, you can't fall asleep. <laughs> like, like last week, I, I fell asleep for one hour from, I think, 2.30 to 3.30. I woke up and I couldn't go to sleep. So, you know, by the time it came around to check out by eight o'clock in the morning, I was, I was f- wide awake the entire time. It was frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully you're I good. never have that problem. Well, you- I think you're right. I will. <laughs> yeah, if you find out that's the case for you, because I feel like that's a, the case for me. Yeah, I already got uh, yeah. designs <laughs> in my head on how we're going to solve that problem. <laughs> I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, you sure. know, the funny thing is, is I, I was at a, the first, um, I was at a four-day oral conscious sedation course, and a group of uh, doctors out of Canada came down, and uh, I remember one of them talking about having anxiety with flying. So he would get a prescription from his from his physician for... Um, a small do- dose of triazolam, which is you know the same same pill that most offices use for oral conscious sedation, you know halcyon or triazolam, and he would get a small dose. Um, the problem with that is that he said that he couldn't remember anything about the flight. Yep. <laughs> and I I thought about that. I was like, should I get a dose? And 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 you know, quickly thinking about it, no way and no way in hell will I ever do that because. <laughs> I, I don't know how unpredictable I would be, you know, not being fully aware of my surroundings. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give the pillow the pillow thing a shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna check a bag and take a couple pillows from home. I think that's a great idea. 
Yeah, sounds awesome. All right, so uh, today on our show, we uh, I wanted to bring Dr. Uh, Phelps back on because he's an awesome resource for our industry, and we were chatting here at the uh, back in at the DSI uh, conference in Arizona that I feel the need, based off of what I see in the industry, that practices need to understand uh, some marketing strategies in regards to. Um, a membership program. So today, that's what we're going to be discussing, and uh, I wanted to bring Dr. Phelps on to get his uh, advice as he's built a a successful membership program in his practice and has written an awesome book that everybody listening, if they haven't read it already, should read. Um, called How to Grow. It's called How to Grow Your Your. Is it dental off dental membership program, Dr. Phelps? How to grow? Yeah, grow your dental membership plan. Yeah, yeah. make sure I get that How right. So when you Google it, you're fine. Cool. So let's let's start. What some of the problems that I see, Dr. Phelps, is a practice gets really really excited about setting up an in-house membership program, but then they kind of just sit on it and don't do don't do anything with it. They may talk to a few internal patients, uh, but then they just they just sit. What? Why is it so important to do external marketing, in your opinion? Yeah. Well, uh, we talked about. I said a previous episode, but I feel like you know if you just create your plan and offer it to your existing patients, and that's it, then or any kind of new patients that are just trickling in on their own, it's kind of a short-term loss, but it should end up as a long-term win mm-hmm. if you can make it long enough. So you know if everybody that paid cash in your practice last year suddenly gets a 10, 15, 20 percent discount for the same stuff this year. Well, you just took a big hit, right? Financially, so yeah, totally. uh, it's short-term loss. But on the on the plus side, you know, if you raise your fees first before you give your discount, it can offset some of that. And if it allows, it's another anchor to to keep these patients at your practice, so they have the relationship with you, they have the relationship with the team as an anchor. And now, if the membership plan is a third anchor, well, hopefully now they're even less likely to leave your practice and go elsewhere. So you're kind of closing the back door and decreasing that patient attrition number. Uh, decrease your attrition number, that means less in marketing you got to spend to replace those people and get that production back. So, so it doesn't take as many new patients. So, you know, short-term loss, long-term win. But the idea is that less and less people are going to the dentist right now for any reason, and especially who I think this is really built for, the, the retirement community, right, the baby boomers. Yeah. And with probably, you know, when – just in when I go do my talks with people in these communities, 80, 90% of them do not have dental insurance, right? Yeah. And they're not going to see anybody because of that. <clears throat> so it's just missing out on a huge opportunity to really blow up your practice with the, the perfect ideal patient, in my opinion, uh, who's going to pay your fee, whatever you decide to set that fee um, after your discount. Um, and But there's some strategic ways we need to get this message out so we're not wasting a lot of our, our marketing efforts. Absolutely. Uh, so I've got some ideas for you in ways that I've done and some yeah, things I'm sure. investigating for people right now that I'll, I hope will, will work for people as well. Um, so one of the things I'm seeing people is more and more people that are implementing these plans are starting to put this in their advertisement, which is great. Um, and they're using phrases like no insurance, no problem, or, or what have you, you know, to kind of get people as a headline totally. or a message to get people, to get people's attention. So what they don't realize, though, and what I realized is that for those that don't know anything about your practice, whether they're baby boomers or working families, what have you, when you just put this in your advertisement, it's it's a great message, and I love it, but there's a barrier there that you're not picking up on. It's still going to keep people from pick, picking up the phone and calling and responding to it. 
in your external advertising. Well, I don't care if it's direct mail, if it's on the radio, doesn't matter. Okay. And, and the barriers is this, you know, just like I, I realized talking to these retirees uh, on site when I would do my uh, wine and cheese events with them, uh, I realized this other barrier they have is they think, well, this, this savings plan sounds great, but what's the catch? Right? It's, it sounds too good to be true. And so if they're reading this information in an advertisement and you're not there in front of them to counter their doubt or uncertainty, well, guess what? They don't pick up the phone and call. You know, If you're lucky, uh, they'll go to your website to look for more info. And if they satisfy their search there or decrease their uncertainty there, then they might pick up the phone. But that's not what I'm finding for the majority of our clients. So to really make this effective in any kind of external marketing is part of your, one of your main messages – is we got to tap into uh, Robert Cialdini's uh, principles of persuasion. And my favorite principle for marketing and advertising uh, these days is consensus, right? Social proof. Yeah. It's all about what the evidence evidence of what others are doing is going to influence maybe what you're going to do as well. And so the, the power of consensus is, if you think about it from a nature standpoint, is that think of a school of fish, right? Fish tend to school together. Animals tend to herd together in groups. Why? Because there's safety in numbers. You know, what happens if you're a fish swimming out in the ocean by yourself? You know, bad things happen. You tend to get eaten. <laughs> okay? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but when they school together, it confuses predators and therefore more fish live as a result. So that's why we, the information that what others are doing is really powerful. And so when people re read that, they're thinking to themselves, wow, it sounds great, but that what's the catch, right? It sounds too good to be true. Am I the first one to buy this thing? Am I the first one to using it? So they feel like they might be the first, and nobody likes to be that first person to step out there, right? So to satisfy this, what I recommend is two things. Two of the best principles to decrease uncertainty is use the authority principle and consensus. So what we're going to do is, number one, we're going to get find one person that's on your membership plan that's had a great experience and get a t testimonial from them. Testimonials speak about your trustworthiness, which speaks to your authority. So it's going to – and it should say something to the effect of, hey – you know, when I first heard about this savings plan, I thought it was crap or I thought it was too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. But come to find out, guess what? It's not. It's fantastic. It's exactly what it says it is. It's a good deal. Would you recommend right? so, doing like a, like a video testimonial or just written? Even better. What Either format you can get, right? Obviously, video is going to be more powerful. Um, but even with a written form, you can always make a written form out of the video too, right? Totally, yeah. Uh, but I'll take whatever I can get. So at a, written at a, at a minimum, video would be phenomenal. And just getting one of those is a great start. That builds your authority. But then if you can get four of those or, or more than four, but ideally at least four, now you're tapping into that consensus principle, right? The evidence of what others are doing and saying. So people will read four or more on there and go, oh, okay. So I'm not the first person to get this thing. Huh. All right. Maybe I'll check it out. I'll try it. Right? So yeah. it's a simple little thing you can add to your advertisement that makes a huge difference, satisfying people's uncertainty, and more people now are going to pick up the phone and call. Okay, awesome. So you're saying to yeah. do some external marketing, whether it's direct mail or Facebook, whatever it is. There's so many channels these days that a practice can do to, to leverage you know, marketing. Um, the real, the, I guess the real problem is when they come to the website or the practice that you need to so, show sh social proof and consensus. Is that what you call it? Yeah, consensus is social proof. So okay. uh, any time you're advertising this externally, so on your website and on Facebook, on in any kind of advertisement, direct mail, radio, TV, whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, when, you, when you talk about the 
plan you have to to be most effective so people will pick up the phone and respond you got to have some authority and you got to have some social proof or consensus in there so, so show them that they're not, not the first person let them know like if you've had, had your plan running for a couple years let them know and you know we've had over you know 800 people sign up for our program yeah totally so right so what about practice use that consensus to let them know they're not the first person okay awesome what about practices that are like just getting started and they don't have much social proof to offer what I guess they just that's the first step they need to focus on building that or do they just make up testimonials and, and uh, add you it definitely <laughs> yeah you definitely want to make up testimonials. yeah I wouldn't either. but uh, in that kind of case then my my favorite of all is what I talk about in the book is the best way in my opinion to sell this thing is figure out who you want more of and in my case it was the baby boomers the retirees who have money to spend with the right motivation and find out where they're living find out where they're congregating are they at a community center together are they all in a neighborhood together they all play at the same golf club whatever it is they're all hanging out somewhere yeah. figure out where that is and get, get yourself in front of them and do an educational style presentation uh, i like to make those like 10 percent promotional on the front end here's who we are here's why we're different than other offices for those of you that have insurance we work with your insurance plan for those of you that don't well guess what we have a, a savings plan or a membership plan and here's the details you got info sitting in front of you take and I'll look at it. We'd love to, you know, talk to you more about it later. And then you go right into the educational piece. So the other ninety percent is good content. So they feel like they weren't sold. They feel like that you spent good time with them and gave them good content. So there's some reciprocity built in there. And you know, I would do. I would kind of use wine and cheese as my hook because I figured, hell, I like to drink wine. So if I can get other people in the room who like wine too, we're probably going to be friends. Totally. <laughs> right? yeah. We're going to have a good. And uh, so I wanted to make sure that that you know I was getting my crowd in there but you know ice cream socials work too as well uh, just bring something in there that will motivate more to show up something they would want to get or do anyway um the next level i realize that works really well in this kind of grassroots style is something i've been doing called steakhouse seminars oh awesome so i, I don't i totally go to those i love steak <laughs> yeah right i mean who doesn't like a free meal especially at a place you'd like to eat steak anyway like totally. a Ruth's chris or a morton's or what what have you and so I found this company called Leading Response that's been doing this in the financial industry for like 20-some years. And they're, they're just now getting into dentistry, bringing these seminar formats uh, to our profession. And so I, you know, I talked to dentists all over the country who have either read my book or heard me on podcasts. And the, the challenge they were finding sometimes is, number one, sometimes it could be hard to get into these retirement communities uh, to get to, through the barrier, right, to be able to do a presentation, because sometimes these communities think you're just soliciting, which is a you know they don't you want, don't want to come across as soliciting or trying to sell them something. Yeah, you want to come across as an educator instead, um, or they just literally don't have any communities in their area, like there's none around. And uh, um, so I've been looking for something for those people as well, a solution for them. And I think the steakhouse steakhouse seminar thing fits the bill because you can do this in any nice restaurant; it doesn't have to be. A steakhouse could be uh, uh, Italian place, right? Could be you know, like Maggiano's or whatever. Anybody that's got space for people to sit down and you can do a presentation and there's food, you can do this. But the idea is they they target market your ideal client with the with the net worth you're looking for and all those other income credit credentials, and you invite them out for a free meal. And so I'm doing this. I'm I'll get thirty to forty people at two different dinners. So I'll have like eighty potential new patients. And I'm still giving the same kind of presentation like I did at the retirement communities, but I'm doing it at the steakhouse instead. Um, and again, 
really promoting the savings plan. And I'm finding almost everyone is leaving not only with an appointment, but they're either buying the plan that night at the steakhouse or they're buying it when they get to the office, either way. And these are, you know, I'm using this for implant patients. I'm getting ortho cases out of it, just regular general dentistry patients. But pretty much everybody leaves with a savings plan, which is, which is that's what you want. Um, you know, they're a little more expensive to do on the front end, um, you know, because you're paying for the dinners over two nights, totally. uh, what have you. My ROI on these things have been like four or five to one in the first month alone. Really? And then I just stopped counting after that, you know. Because <laughs> you guys are working. Um, so I'm a real, yeah. Exactly. I'm a big fan of the steak seminars. Bring your if you can't find your ideal client, then bring them to you. Totally. You know, and and bringing them to your office isn't gonna work, right? They you won't get a lot a lot of numbers. You may get like six or seven people, but it's not gonna be a big crowd. But going to a steakhouse now, and you can put forty people two different nights. Now you got eighty potential new patients. That's a that's a damn good week, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally, yeah. How how are you tracking or, these? Pa- was, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say for like two or three hours of your time. I mean, it's not hard to make that back. No, no way. Uh, what um, What are you doing to attract these patients to these seminars you're doing? Are you um, just sending like the direct mail to inviting them over to the event, or how how are you how are you doing that? Yeah, the company takes care of all that, and they have a call center that schedules them, uh, that RSVPs them for the dinners, and then my team just follows up to confirm that they're going to show. Uh, but that's what they do. They do direct mail mailers. They send out 10,000 mailers uh, to people. They And they create the list of the, your high ideal, high network client, whatever. And then in some markets, they can do radio ads. So if you want to promote on the radio, you can. Um, so that's their job is to put the butts in the chair and get people in front of you. Yeah. And then, of course, it's our job and our position to now we got to close, right? Now we got to have a great presentation. Like I said, temper. Percent promotional, ninety percent educational, um, and try to influence more people to leave liking us and trusting us and wanting to come in to see us yeah. and buy, buying that savings either at the event or when we see them at the office. So yeah, I think this is a, a, an amazing, a great example of marketing um, because you're number one attracting patients through the the direct mail piece or whatever channel you're using, and then you're you're doing what is called in marketing terms, a lead magnet, where you're, you're that where that steakhouse or that wine and cheese event, um, you're attracting them to that because everybody likes free food. I always go to places when they offer free food, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's it's, and then after that you're you're providing education, um, which is is critical in my opinion. It's it's in regards to marketing. I think. Um, practices shouldn't be too salesy they they should be you know teachers and education you know use education to uh, promote the business so i think this is this is a strategy that that i i use you know with with boom cloud and in other companies i do i i think targeting those channels offering something of value uh, education and a free meal and then that's that's a wonderful way to get experience, uh, exposure for um, your membership program. I think that's just genius. So yeah, I think and from an influence standpoint, remember this, right? When these people show up to the steakhouse dinner, whether they realize it or not, they have made a commitment to spend their money somewhere. Totally right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so what they're searching for in the situation is all they're looking for now is two criteria: do they like you, and do they trust you? 
And if you can fit those two things in your presentation, then they're going to pick you to spend their money, right? You're where they're going to spend it. Um, so that's why I've tried to stage these presentations to do just that, make sure they like me. And just the educational content is going to show them that I'm the authority and I, I know what I'm talking about so they can trust me. And they trust that I know what I, you know, when I give them advice, it's, it's sound advice for their dental care. So Yeah, very cool. Have you used um, any online marketing channels like Facebook ads or, or like Google search ads at all with this concept? Uh, I haven't, um, mostly because uh, I haven't needed to, you know, okay. um, just going to the retirement communities. Yeah, it was, it was bringing more than enough patients in. Um, kind of another cool thing I've been experimenting with is, again, how can we influence people who already have a list or a market to, to market for us, right? Totally. Um, and we, you know, you and I were talking about this, and, and there's uh, people out there that's their sole job is just to sell insurance, right? They're yeah, insurance yeah, brokers. Yeah, they have insurance brokers. They sell, right. They sell medical. They sell dental. But as I mentioned earlier, I'm finding from talking to some of these brokers uh, that are in my chair, right, my own patients, that they're struggling right now because guess what? People aren't buying dental insurance anymore. In fact, the if only 35% of the population in the U.S. has insurance right now, Every year, that's getting less and less and less. So if they're making money off of selling deal insurance, guess what? They're not making money. So they're actually primed and looking for other avenues to add revenue streams. So I was talking to one of them recently about my membership plan and about saying, hey, what do you think about selling, offering my membership plan in addition to these insurance plans? And we'll figure out a commission that works for you uh, that makes it worth both of our times. And maybe, look, I'm due to raise my fees anyway. So guess what? I'll, I'll build in their commission into the sales. So there you go. it really doesn't even have to cost me anything. Awesome. But they've got lists of, of thousands of retirees and people that fit our criteria that they're already marketing to. Let them let them get out there and sell for us. And there's and there's instead. no so there's, turn them into sales force. Do they need a certain license to do that or they? No, I mean, it's ben, like Costco membership plans. Yeah, I guess, right? I guess yeah. Yes. Yeah, Ben, have you seen anything like that in your in your days with? I know you've communicated with some uh, insurance brokers and things like that. Um, would love to hear yeah. your thoughts there. Well, from a licensing perspective, for as long as you represent it as not dental insurance, you don't need a license. Yeah. <clears throat> but there, there's one thing that some groups are doing now. Some dental offices and dental groups is they may have a relationship either with a union or uh, a large employer group in the area. And they'll have the, the the union or employer group switch to an ERISA plan, a, a self-funded plan, which basically a self-funded plan doesn't doesn't necessarily mean self-insurance. The employer can participate in paying a portion of the membership fees to that dental practice, um, but you can get the entire employer to commit as a whole to switching their, their people from their existing dental plan to your dental plan or your membership program using a form called the 5500 form. If you Google 5500 ERISA, you can find the form that the employers need to fill out. And this is this is for the – I get this question all the time is, can I convert my in-house membership plan to a gold standard package plan for GoDaddy? They're right next door. They want to do – they want to send all their patients to our office or even a smaller employer group that may have 50 or less uh, employees. Yeah, you can totally do that. You can have them you – can, you can either sell it individually to the patients. Um, but if you want to get the employer involved, 
uh, do it under a self-funded plan, an ERISA self-funded plan. And the 5,500 form is what I've learned that needs to be fill out, filled out. And you don't have to be a broker. You don't need, necessarily need to have a license to do that simply because uh, the self-funded plans don't have licensing requirements where brokers need to get involved. But yeah, I, those are the two areas that I see at least many dental practices looking into across the country. But kind of like the idea about the the steak, uh, the wine and cheese and the steak dinners. Um, we actually used to do that too. Uh, the group practice that I work for in Arizona, um, we did, uh, actually we would pack in a bunch of people to Golden Corral. Nice. <laughs> and, and, and the funny thing is, is that most people showed up were senior citizens, you know, the older folks. And so we found a niche in terms of the, the restaurant types uh, that, that totally. the seniors like to go to. And then, of, of course, the time of day. Sometimes we did the meetings in the evening. The evenings, we got more, we got less attendance, but more families. But the mid, midday, the lunchtime hour, we usually got like a, a room jam-packed full of senior citizens. I don't know if it's been the same for you, Dr. Phelps, but... That's kind of what we've seen in certain communities. I know that's not the same everywhere you go, but I think it's something to consider. You know, what what time of day and what day of the week are you going to maximize people uh, attending your meetings? You know, and who your target market is. Totally. Yeah, oh, definitely. So. Uh, How um, you know? It, I'd find. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say I I would find that when I would go to the retirement communities themselves to do these events, uh, I had to do it. You know, it's like. 4.30 in the afternoon yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. when I was doing it. And because if as soon as like 5, 5.30 hit, if they weren't eating, you know, I'm getting mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some, yeah, some of them, some of them have to take their meds, you know, before 5 or 6 o'clock. And by 7 o'clock, they're right. lights out, you know, at these centers. They're all, <laughs> they're all sleeping. Yeah. So I have a question here. What um, – and I, I've I spoke with I've spoken to lots of dental practices that want to create a uh, like like or, like a commission package for brokers, which I I think is a, a genius idea. Um, what type of commission would you do? Like a one-time commission, or I know they're probably used to a small residual commission. Have you thought about any ideas on that, Doctor Phelps? No, because I'm still trying to get feedback from them on. And how, to how are they getting paid? <laughs> you know, and and what's the bigger opportunity for them? Because obviously, I want to make it a win-win for both sides. But at the same time, we still have to make money off of it. Of course, yeah. You know, we definitely lose money. So uh, I'm open to both. And like most things, you know, people need a choice, right? And so I, I want to have two options. One, one, maybe it's a bigger piece, but you get a, a one time. Or would you rather have a smaller cut, but consistently every month? Like you said, that residual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then volume is how they make their money. Absolutely. So I would kind of leave it up to the individual and say whatever motivates them more. I mean, I don't really care either way, right? So yeah. as long as the numbers. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So that's yeah, that's something to consider if any, any of the practices out there are, are thinking of doing that, which I know a handful of them are that listen to our podcast. Um, so, yeah, keep experimenting with that, Dr. Phelps. I think that's a an interesting viable model that could definitely help practices you know be more successful and grow their membership programs um let's see any... yeah and i think oh go ahead more receptive to that now as i said because they've seen their sales fall on the dental side and so they're looking for ways to offset that or bring it back so i think we can uh they might be more willing to negotiate now right yeah. nobody says we have to match the mission, but you know hey if you're you, you pitched 100 dental uh, insurance plans and sold none of them. 
I don't care what your commission is. You got nothing. <laughs> Let's, you know, 30, 80 out of 100 at my level, whatever, which would you rather have? You know, 100% of nothing or 80% of something? <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. So I think that's a, a wonderful strategy. Another thing that I've been thinking a lot about is I know, and I'm, I'm actually testing this in a few of our practices that are using uh, our software. Um, so in the United States, there there are direct primary care medical offices that have a very similar model of uh, of membership, right? In the in the in the medical side, and uh, I have a few practices that we're, we're we're testing this out with, where they are just meeting up and doing like a strategic partnership with these medical offices that um, have the same type of membership model, right? And with the same patient base, not same patient base, but um, just the local patient base, right? That the patients are yeah. open to the the membership model mindset, right? So that's something yes. that I've kind of been experimenting with, um, and I think it's definitely worth a try in, in in any office. You can go to I think dpcfrontier.org and look at any medical practices that are offering a membership program in your community, and you can reach out to them and see if um, if you know they're willing to share your brochures and vice versa, right? Um, I think that is something to be looked at as well. I don't know if you've done anything like that, Dr. Phelps, where you like strategic st- find strategic um, partners and and have and refer each other, right? No, that's a great idea. I mean, you can't go wrong with cross promotion. If you both have a, a you know two thousand uh, patients that are active and um, can market to each other's uh, patient list, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's so, that's a win for everybody. Yeah, it's a win for everybody. So I think that's a, another strategy that a practice can do to to leverage, you know, other people's networks. I think I'm I'm big on leverage, uh, leverage, you know, the the technology today for marketing cha- the, with the marketing channels like direct mail and and Facebook if necessary, and and then um, leverage other people's networks. I think that is. It, it, a fantastic way um much like you know you're leveraging a broker you're leveraging now a another medical office that um that has that you know active patient base so um i think this has been awesome so far um yeah and you can even build in a uh discount for for, uh each other's plans as part of your plan so you're a dental plan member, then you get ten percent off that their medical plan, and vice versa. Yeah, I don't you know? even think about that. That's that's so. a, that's a yeah, that's a great idea. Totally leveraging each other and 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 find a good a good partner, right? With hopefully a bigger practice than you is <laughs> what I would what I would do. But um, yeah, would, well, like most things, uh, I I tell people this uh, when I talk about marketing, like some of the offers that you should do uh-huh. instead of the ninety nine dollar special. Uh, I'll say one of my things I say is, you know, let other people's giveaways be your offer. Um, meaning, you know, there's all kinds of companies just oh, yeah. giving away their service for free, trying to get a foot in the door and hoping you'll like their service and will pay them to come back. Like made services, cleaning services, what have you. So, you know, approach these people and say, hey, you know, you're giving it away anyway. So can I give away that two hour home cleaning on your behalf oh, yeah. and, and present you to my patients, my patients? And I'm getting all these companies say, yeah, please. Okay, great. So I leverage it and say, this month only, clean teeth, clean house. Come in and for any new patient with every paid new patient exam and necessary cleaning and x-rays, and I'll send somebody to clean your house for two hours for free on me. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) That's genius. Genius. And you're leveraging everyone's network. 
Exactly. Let their giveaways be your offer, right? <laughs> or your gift. Yeah. Uh, but the key with this is, is that I've learned is you have to vet these people yourself, which means if you're going to partner with another physician's office. You better go and be pretend to be a patient and run through the sequence yourself or yeah. send your team or whatever. Because I remember, you know, the worst thing you can give someone is a bad experience. Totally. totally <laughs> I, yeah. Right. So if you're referring somebody to this other business and they have a horrible experience, who are they going to tell? Right. <laughs> Everyone. And it's going to be who, whose fault is it going to be yours because <laughs> you sent them there. Because you sent them so there, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So make sure you've sent, you know, somebody that's been there as a patient or you went through as a patient there or whatever. And it, it's a good experience. Right. And it makes sense because I remember this group I had uh, called Bubbly Nails. I was going to get them on a gift card program I had with, with vendors, other businesses. And uh, I sent my team to this one place. So I thought it looked like it was going to be a good place. And I paid for them to get their nails done. And I thought, well, what do you think? Would you would we refer patients here? And they were like, oh, God, this was horrible. They don't <laughs> sterilize their stuff. Properly. They don't do this. They don't do that. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, good to know. <laughs> good to let's know. try this other place. And the next month, we got another place. And that wasn't as good. And finally, the third place, they were like, okay, these people know what they're doing. This is where we send people. <laughs> I was like, ah, okay. Nice. So, yeah, you know, fed, I want you, you got to make sure it's going to be a good experience. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's great ideas. Ben, were you going to say something? I, I think I cut you off. No, 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 you're good. You're good. Awesome. No, I think this has been an awesome episode and I, I hope, uh, um, that it inspires a lot of practices out there to be a little bit more creative with marketing and, and, and to understand, you know, the, the concepts of, of leveraging other people's networks and, and uh, providing quality content or education to your your potential patients. I think that's some of the best type of marketing that any practice or even any business can do um, in any industry. So, um, Dr. Phelps, do you have any uh, closing thoughts that you want to share with the audience? Um, just get a plan and start working it, right? Start, start, it, yeah. start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, just have someone. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree Pick with that 100%. One of the things we talk about and start with that, you know, and just start building it from there. Totally. What, um, if, if any of our listeners, if they're um, wanting to learn more about you and what you do, you speak all over the country, you've got some books, you've got some courses you do, where, where can they find all this information? Oh, oh good question. Uh, any, any one of my websites, um, I probably need one website. To, I, need, I need one ring to rule them all. You know, like one <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> we it's, we do have we do have there. all your websites, and we we'll actually, already? yeah, we, from oh, well, okay. I have uh, I have all the websites for Dr. Phelps um, oh, for all the companies that he owns. So we're going to post all of them in the show notes for everybody to see. Um, right. Great resources. I mean, what you heard today is just it, it, it's just a tiny bit of information of the wealth of knowledge that Dr. Phelps is. And then if you check out some of the Facebook pages, I know that on the Dental Nachos, the Dental Success Institute, the Dental Business uh, page, um, and then I, I saw you on a couple others. So Dr. Phelps has uh, a lot of speaking engagements across the country um, that talk about many things, you know, the, the, the principles of persuasion uh, to um, membership plans, to how to market the membership plans and such. Um, so we'll post as much as we can in the show notes. Uh, and then uh, for anybody who's interested, just check them out. Awesome. Thanks for that, Ben. Okay. Well, Dr. Phelps, yep. this has been an awesome show. Again, thanks for coming on. 
uh, for the fourth or fifth time. I've lost I've lost count already. So. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Anytime. Always. Cool. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. Dr. Phelps. Thanks. Yeah, man. Good talking with you guys. Thank Bye, you. Guys. Talk soon. <laughs>